they turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. Hey, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. It's not the morning anymore. Good afternoon. It's not. But it's a dreary day here in L.A., so it feels morning-esque. And you're looking at me like, all right, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? But first, I want to say hello to everyone listening, too. I'm excited to see you, Tim, but I'm excited, uh, well, to see you, who who is listening right now. You may not know it, but I can see you. You're looking good. You're looking like you're listening to our podcast, episode 21 of Dismembering Wait, Horror. No. 20. 20. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I had written down 21 because what I... Yeah, anyways. We'll get there. Welcome to episode 20. It's a big one. Yeah. We're out of the teens. I know. 20. Can you believe it? We've done 10 and then now another 10 of these. Is that what we did originally? We did 10? Like, before we released any? Oh, yeah. When was our sort of break that occurred? Yeah. Um, Our break occurred after, I believe, seven episodes. I think we came back with Mandy. Oh, like Mandy. We had watched The mm. Ritual and then came back with mm, Mandy. Mm, mm. Can we? Let's just go watch Mandy again. If we're going to watch a movie that starts with M and it's a woman's name, let's do Mandy. Not Maggie? And not Maggie. Yeah. Um. Well, that's the film that we watched. <laughs> Is Maggie? Do we do we have any anything? It's, I feel like it's been a while. We've had the holidays. Is there anything applicable to catch up on? Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone! Happy twenty nineteen! Yeah. Um. I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, I I'm don't not think wearing so. my uh, robe. No, I know it. You're right. It's it's kind of sad. I should have. It's uh. Well, I don't it's know. It's hanging right next to your head. I don't think we're in the best. <laughs> we're in the best spirits. Ah. <sighs> Not no. only was this movie, I don't know, it's just weird. It's been weird New Year's for me, so. Yeah. Well, and we, yeah, uh, inside scoop, we're recording like four hours or something later than we were going to, because Ryan slept in. And I've lost my <laughs> my wallet, essentially. I don't carry a wallet. But I found it again. Yeah, so you didn't lose it. It was just that kind of morning. You just misplaced it temporarily but i'm excited to be here and talk about this <laughs> film we aren't excited about i know me too i'm sort of curious how this is gonna go well should we check out the trailer and then get into it yeah all right so here's the trailer for the film that we already mentioned we're gonna be talking about today mandy i mean <laughs> maggie don't come looking for me i'm safe i'm fine Mr. Vogel, I wouldn't normally release someone with this type of infection. Dad! I need you to follow the rules here. Quarantine is eight weeks in. She's probably going to show more signs of aggression and hunger. When that happens, say your goodbyes and get her straight through quarantine. Promise your mother to ever protect you. Wow, that trailer. Hey, it's got Arnold in it. We gotta watch it. I'm excited. Well, and to remember, see this, right? I said, like, Arnold was my action hero, my default action hero growing up. So I was sort of excited for this. I was really excited for this because <laughs> of Arnold. <laughs> Damn it. If you can't tell, 
based on what we're saying or implying. Um, let's summarize it. Yeah. Um, okay. You want me to do it? Damn it. Do you want me to? Yes. Okay. Arnold. Okay, so <laughs> the Vogel family. Arnold is Wade Vogel. Abigail is, you guessed it, Maggie Vogel. The titular, the titular name, the titular character. So Wade's daughter, Maggie, runs away from home and having been, or ha- has run away from home and uh, gets the, the zombie virus that's, that's destroyed our yeah. world. Right. And uh, hmm. she calls home or something. Arnold finds her sure. again, even though when she says, don't look for me, dad. So the, our story begins with Arnold picking up his now infected daughter and over the course of the film, she becomes more infected, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I guess, and our boy Wade has to, like, cope mm-hmm. with the impending death of his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. When he's in it, sometimes yeah. we're just off with her. Yeah. Man. You know... There's, like, one of the reviews I was reading was sort of like, this is just a big allegory. But I'm like, for what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, accepting death of your kid? Or for the sort of, like, greater uh, societal things going on as far as our mistreatment of each other when one's, you know, like, the sort of... the the cops having disregard for yeah but here's like, the thing well I, I guess my point was that it's like like that's a pretty blanket statement yeah like i don't know there's this one actually it's hard for me to even kind of like wrap my head around what what to say like what was the filmmaker driving at Folks, yeah, we aren't going to try to extend this episode to be more than it has to be, but Tim and I have, I think, less notes than usual because of, I think you summed it up exactly there, Tim. I'm on the same page where I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, well, we could, so so was there anything to add to my summary? No, he's trying to cope no. with it. Great. Uh, oh, um, they live in, they're rural. It's, it's rural. It's rural, so farms. It and might as well be black and white rural. Farms and crops? Yeah. There's some sort of thing about that? Don't destroy the world. Thing, he, he something. moved out as an Austrian boy. Yeah. To, no, I don't. We don't. He's, need, they, he's they, an everyman. Unlike sort of later tier Arnold films where they'd uh, reference his Austrian accent, this one they do not. <laughs> nope. It's always kind of fun to be like, oh yeah, you know where was he from originally? Sometimes they've done that. Anyways, uh, how would you rate this film, Tim? God, you know what? I I'm not joking. I, this is a very rare. Uh, just avoid it. Just don't. Just don't do it. It there's, there are plenty of other, you know, you pick right. Like depressing, um, guy has to come to terms with a thing, or girl has to come to terms with a thing. Um, movies that take place on farms. I say avoid it. Yeah, I also say avoid it. 
I just kept rubbing on like I remember you know maybe halfway through the movie give or take I spent the rest of the movie just kind of like throwing my hands up right watch the trailer and your imagination over whatever this movie is is going to be better it is and even like the yeah yeah even Arnold can save it I, I hate saying that but it's true yeah I, I, I at some point when watching it, I'm like, I kept going like, oh, well, I am watching Arnold, like, you know, doing things. <laughs> yeah. So maybe sure. I, I, it's, it's, is it just great because of that? It is watching Arnold Schwarzenegger exist in a zombie world. You know, this is all we're going to get I of guess. that probably. Yeah. But even well, that, I just, I know. Just avoid it. So let's, let's do things that worked and, because I think almost inevitably, no matter how we approach talking about this, we're just going to kind of be criticizing it. We got our sections. We so, gotta... so let's yeah. let's just barrel into things that worked. Work like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what Like I just said, what worked for me was watching Arnold Schwarzenegger do anything. What do you mean? What do you mean do anything? His screen presence, like, is okay, always... Okay, so just, just, just him. Like, like are I... you saying that, that, that you liked watching him be put in the circumstances of the story? I'm saying I could watch him just sitting on a chair. Okay. And enjoy something, you know, enjoy that for itself. Cool. That's interesting. Because I feel like that's kind of <laughs> Which is all that what this, this movie is. Yeah, it really is that. In so a way. It, it wasn't enough to save it, but that in itself, he's just the person who's like always fascinating to look at for me. And well, that's why he's an action hero. And I agree. You know, one of the movies that really sort of, like I like I like I love Arnold and I like all his early stuff and it's crazy and you know for what he is in his skill set and whatever the movie that really made me go this dude is is more than just this action hero trope was True Lies there are moments in True Lies when you really really like James Cameron hones in on this this deeper thing that Arnold has, like he, he, his essence has, that I think is sort of the foundation of why he's a good action hero and why we like him. But I think Cameron was able to actually sort of point at it in True Lies and you go, oh shit, that's right. He's There are things he's so compelling in certain uh, circumstances and frameworks. He's especially compelling when he's determined. Yes, but he does have the ability to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like some secret. You know what I mean? Like True Lies was 20 years ago or whatever or more. Yeah, yeah it was probably 20 years ago, give or take. Maybe a little more. And so to see him, th- it, what I'm saying is I'm not surprised that he's compelling in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Okay, he's, awesome. He is right? in anything he does, I think. Um. Well, and they yeah, so they lean in, lean in on that. Well, like, uh, so I mean, yeah, watching him do anything was great, but there were those just like, especially just choice 
brief moments of where he actually killed a zombie where it was <laughs> like just blew out the whole mic laughing <laughs> but it was great like it happened so quick there was the gas station one at the beginning the neighbors that's and that's it, it. Right? it's it's two and a half but it was just sort of like what i said earlier of like oh technically we are watching arnold schwarzenegger exist in a post-apocalyptic zombie world here yes i don't know quite apocalyptic i don't know but um yeah well, that's an yeah, that's an interesting. It was it was just like oh great we got I I technically just watched Arnold Schwarzenegger beat down a zombie like that sure. when I could isolate it to just that moment you know a a portion of me was happy yeah yeah I was with that um I think for me kind of one of the only things that really it's hard because it in isolation a thing that worked. Um, in the broader context, just didn't. But in isolation, there are particular shots, like single shots that are like tableaus in this movie that are fucking beautiful. There's there's one of him sitting uh, in a, like an arm, not an armchair, but like a, a lawn chair kind of thing up against the barn wall at night that is just beautiful. It looks like a, a painting. Um, there's one with him holding the the torch out uh, out in the crops. He's about to burn his crops. Be- it's a beautiful shot. Yeah. Um, I had that too. Actually, I put it more as just um, like pretty some some pretty wide shots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I thought why that was why that especially worked for me is because this, which I wanted to bring up later, but this film is kind of like the pinnacle of the this this like visual aesthetic of like going the stark or dreary mm-hmm. whatever like totally sapped of color. Yeah. This felt like and even the 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 way the camera is handled all that stuff, it felt like this is the as I said, yes, the pinnacle of this kind of style of almost like an indie film mm-hmm. moody thing. And so to see um which is kind of, you know, a mixed bag, but but to see some some successful visuals done under that uh constraint or or modicum whatever yeah i thought was neat yeah because it was like okay yeah if you're gonna be doing the style what can you just do it under it's like oh there's some shots that actually this style lends itself to and they've they've done a few of them sure sure great um, thrilling i know <laughs> mm. well i don't want to just i don't want to counterpoint that yeah exactly we could do it too <laughs> well uh, an actual i was trying to think too it was a couple days ago we watched it now. We usually try to do these closer, but like actual, just any kind of moments I was racking my brain or scenes that actually was like, there's something in this. The, um, even though it was lame because there was the section where it was Arnold less and it was kind of Maggie off doing her things. I, uh, I'd never seen it quite before. I don't think in a zombie movie done this way where it was a more realistic tone, even though this isn't realistic. <laughs> more more non-comedic tone <laughs> um where you had two people who are i mean i guess this is all walking dead as i just haven't watched it but where you have <laughs> two people who have been infected by the zombie virus interacting with each other in a group situation oh yeah where not everyone's that's the case so it's like you yeah. have the teenage hangout party and like abigail breslin or maggie and this other like and this other teenage guy, mm-hmm. they both have the infection, and then everyone else is kind of just like, we aren't able to relate to you, but they are able to relate to each other. I right. Liked, I liked their exchange and just that as an idea and seeing that play out 
Yeah, and we're supposed to kind of get on board with the idea that everybody's still figuring it out. Like they, nobody has really the full information of what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a casualness to what stage they're in. Yeah. Right. Like, and what's going to happen? The big question is, you know, like, do I, do I go into quarantine or do I not? And like, what happens if I do? And, you know, yeah. is it what they say it is? So there's this, you know, confusion and lack of information about that. And I think that that concept is interesting. And like, yeah, we, we haven't seen that a ton. Usually it's sort of like we're watching a thing post fact, you know, like they've either post fact or post definition of fa- of presumed fact. Well, I don't know if it's. I mean, yeah, I guess it is like how you're putting it as far as, you know, how is the world at large sort of dealing with this situation. But I saw it more as a kind of like situational microcosm of like, um, I guess to make it real here. But like if you have someone who's dying of cancer and has is given a year's left to live and is hanging out with people, Mm -hmm. how is that going to be different than if they had six months left to live, a month left to live, a week left to live, days left to live? Like, how does that interaction within the group sort of change and reflect? At which point is the year start to look more like a week, you know? Sure. But don't you also think in that scenario, the way they set it up, one of the key factors is that everybody sitting there doesn't actually know if the two of them who are infected are going to die. I thought that was a given. See, that to me, I don't think that it's a given. But like if you have a zombie disease, you are turning into one. That's how the world seemed to be established. I guess so. But there's this whole scene of of the kid, the guy being like, well, if it comes down to it, I'm just going to kill. I'm going to shoot myself in the head. I think so. Is that implying that they know that he's that everybody is on the same page? He's going to die. No, that just meant like, you know, once it's rather than go to quarantine and suffer till you're dead. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't, I didn't, I don't at all think it meant if it doesn't happen to them. I thought the disease. So I guess that's what, what, to me, it's a little, it's hedging a little bit because there, there's this vagueness to me. It seemed like it came across as casual vagueness as to what's going to happen. Like, no, in other words, everybody seemed kind of cool with the fact that (laughs) the two friends are fucking going to die. Well, yeah, that was it. They seemed like in that... Like, didn't that seem weird to you? Well, that is what I thought seemed interesting was yeah. the, like, at a certain point, maybe they got out of all the, the heavy stuff at the beginning of when they met up, and now okay. we're just all hanging out as friends, you know? Yeah, I I guess that it's an interesting choice to like, make. It to, could have been more interesting say to that's show where her. we're, you know, yeah. where we're at in this scene. To show her showing up and them kind of being like, oh, hey, wow, and getting their hugs out of the way. Uh-huh. It felt like that could have already all happened. Yeah. Yes, it could have. Or that the filmmakers were just choosing that they're teenagers and they just don't really think about that stuff, Maybe. which was weird. Yeah. That was the thing with this film. Okay, wait, this is what, <laughs> what worked Uh-oh. for us. Slippery slope here. <laughs> um, well, I want to... Um, Okay, yeah, the the visuals, uh, that scene. So, so I feel like a good reference point throughout this whole remaining review is going to be to another avoid avoid film that we watched, which I think is very very 
similar to this one. Wait, we had another... Oh, The Cured? The Cured. I felt the same way. Very early on, I thought to myself, "Uh uh-oh. The Cured. (laughs) We're in The Cured again. Yep, exactly. You thought the same thing. Damn it. So so to start, though... um, Framing so framing this with a thing that worked for me, I guess. Um, this that's the section we're in. Having her, so, so so the cured was like this movie, except at least this movie had one trackable thing to it that made it feel a little more movie like. It still didn't feel like a movie, like how the cured didn't feel like a movie. Mm-hmm. But while the cured had nothing to hang your hat on, this movie had your her. Maggie's deterioration. That's true. It had so, her... Yeah, a little bit of body horror. Yeah. Well, it just had her, like, her conversion into being a zombie as yeah. a trackable element. Yeah. It's like, okay, this movie goes with her... Or an attempt to <laughs> yeah. make it that. Well, it's like, that's literally... <laughs> that. That's what's happening yeah. during this. Yeah. That's what I have to hang my hat on. If, yes. if If I'm lost at any given point, which I am throughout this whole thing, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> True. So okay, I'm with that. In I'm the, with that. In reference to The Cured and it being yeah. all out bad by The Cured, it basically is. But they had this one thing that, like, if I was trapped in a room with this movie for eternity, Oof. at least I would have that. That's a brutal, brutal fate. Isn't it? Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> but if it, you were going to have Maggie or The Cured. <sighs> That's tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, man. At least the cured has Ellen Page. I know. I really like Ellen Page. I really like. Do I like Ellen Page more than I like Arnold? Yeah. Hmm. Good question. Who do you like to see subjugated less? <laughs> oh man. Well, hmm. again, then that was just me trying to find something that I know, and it sucks. It com- sucks to have to like reach. Yeah. You know, I I just yeah, it's really hard to not just be like, well, there, there's all sorts of stuff that didn't work. Yeah. It's... I, like, I honestly don't think I had, I, I don't have anything else. You liked I, the actor I like when her plays fin- the... I like Jolie Richardson. Yeah. But I didn't like her in this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, you got a reaction when, um, from the you. The finger? The finger. I was like, cool, something's happening. And when there was maggots in her, worms in her wound. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yes, I want that. I, I want a whole movie of that. The uh, I want her. So he, I like. The, am I like? Mm, no. Yeah. Mm, I, what I want. Here's what I want. This is not what didn't work. This is what I wanted this movie to be. Can I do that in what worked? I want to know now. Sure. What I wanted this movie to be is two things. The body horror of I'm a zombie and I'm decaying and I know I have impending death. To, to face so that's that's cool i'm into that i want to see that movie happen and to add to that movie having this everyman character somebody compelling like arnold or i mean arnold's not an everyman so seeing him do that is cool it's a it's against type so that's also cool but a little i think that's a little trite mm-hmm. but whatever what I want is to watch Arnold deal, really deal with watching his daughter deal with decaying. That's heavy shit. So were there any moments that did work for you, uh, even isolated? 
that they, I don't Arnold think that, that I don't think those two things intersected. Yeah, that's the problem. Fuck, <laughs> it's impossible for me not to just talk about well, Winter I liked the, uh, but that, I he, want that movie. I liked how he planted the uh, the flower garden for her mother. I just, oh man. I don't, I don't know if I liked that. I just liked having visuals of flowers in it. Sure. Okay. Even, yeah, you know, it, it, just like her, I was just as depressed as the characters watching this movie. And even a flower bed <laughs> on film just helped. It was a welcome addition, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. Brutal. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Should we move on then? I guess, yeah. What did not work Fuck. for us? Sorry. All yeah. right. Let's do it. <laughs> It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> okay, so the biggest problem to me with all of what we're saying is that everything that we, I mean, all three things that we just said, or whatever they are, anything you bring up, are almost immediately undercut by the broader execution of the movie. So the flower idea, cool, goes nowhere, right? There's nothing behind it. It's just it's just a look at a thing. <laughs> but there's no point. Like, okay, he planted flowers. Magically, flowers grew on her mom's grave. So I thought by... That's cool. You saying... Is there a point? So, so what you just said as far as what you wanted out of this movie, I think that was a good way to start to get at the overarching undercurrent problem, however you put it, you know. Of this. Yeah. But is there another kind of, in either kind of, you know, your, your overlying emotion in response to it or just sort of in filmmaking terms, you know, broader strokes, you can put why it wasn't working? Like, I just want to start here. I have my, Ooh. you know, start big and kind of work our way down, like, what are well, overarching ways to put what wasn't working? I mean, I guess, yeah, sort of what I'm saying in the broadest sense is if you're going to have a movie that is predicated on watching a father cope with the impending death of his daughter, right? Like, take all of the context of, like, it's a zombie or this or that. It doesn't matter, right? Like, at its core, that's all this is. That's, that's what this movie is. A, a father having to cope with watching his daughter uh, die slowly. That's, you know, you can go in a lot of directions with that. It's a heavy subject. It's it's ripe for lots of stuff to, to support that and to put that character, both characters, but mainly the father character, into a positions that make that harder mm -hmm. and really why so so in their execution of that broad thing that broad story his only conflicts are cops want his daughter like they want him to put her in quarantine we get two scenes or three scenes where one time they're like, oh, hey, you should deal with this eventually. A second scene where they're like, okay, clock's ticking. You should deal with it. And then a third scene where they're like, okay, we're going to take her. And he says, get the fuck out of here. That's it, right? Like, 
that's not enough yeah how i how i describe how i start to try to get at you know okay well let me just back up here what was not working about this like how was i feeling watching this you know is kind of my jumping off point and for me the sensation was very much like the cured was the whole movie it feels like the movie is about to start or pick up sure yes like every time like i remember there was a part sort of like a quarter of the way through it was sort of after that initial chunk of him discovering her i think it was like around it felt like a first something happening like with her finger maybe when she cut it off but i'm like oh, okay now now the movie's picking up but then no it just kind of would just sort of slink back to this plotting nothing well do you think it's like the that what they're trying to say in broad strokes is this is an allegory for denial I don't think the movies I don't think we can put those kinds of questions on it. <laughs> well, I don't think damn we can it. give it that. Cuz cuz to me that's a really big problem. Yeah. That, like if there's a concrete thing that didn't work, it's how these characters are all reacting to the the circumstances. Mm-hmm. None of the it never felt like it made sense to me. There's so many weird, like, somebody does a thing, and I my immediate reaction is not, what it should be, my reaction should be, ooh, that's a fucking fucked up position to be in and have to deal with. At no point did I feel that. I constantly felt like, uh, that doesn't make sense that that's how you'd be dealing with this. So, for example, having the doctor, Vern, horrible name, by the way, don't name people Vern. It's just cruel. Just watch the Ninja Turtles movie with <laughs> Will Arnett's character is Vern. Oh, God. All I can think of is Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah, or all the Ernest movies. Right? So, okay, so the Doctor, for basically inexplicable reasons, is allowing Arnold to perpetuate having his daughter not go into quarantine. I guess because they're friends? Was there any deeper uh substantive i saw it as just like in their friends no no i didn't think there was any extra special treatment i just thought it was in his doctoring he's like oh that's good you know based on the specifics of the disease he's like okay it could take this amount of time for it to kick into gear but this is like the on the longer end of the spectrum so we just hope for kind of the easiest transition within this that's what he's saying but he's he's he is lying like he they they, you know he lies to maggie Mm -hmm. the doctor says here's the lie it's going slowly i'm gonna write that on he says to arnold after that i'm gonna write on the chart that it's going slowly so don't worry about like he's he's fudging the numbers purposefully why what is his motivation to do that because he's buddies with arnold because he just wants to do anything he can but that that's my problem is that it creates these holes of like, yeah, but why are you doing that? I need a reason or at least I need to something to hold on to. And this, well, this is something we yeah. said about the cure is we felt like we didn't have enough to hold on to. It was why like people are doing what they're doing. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I put like it feels like everything that happens in this is an aside. <laughs> God, yeah. Like that's, I guess what, yeah, were you just saying that describes essentially that that's how, what I was feeling. I don't know. Like at the, the ending, 
you know how I was saying um I thought it the whole movie feels like it's going to be picking up yeah that that lasts until the ending when when where she says goodbye to you know you know she she kisses Arnold sleeping Arnold on the head and then yeah, goes you think and maybe then she's going to eat him and then she jumps off the roof of like you know 15 feet I'm or sorry that is that is a fucking insult like that uh, under dirt and grass right yeah so so all that aside though which i did have down too like when it felt like one of the i, I think like the curator like when the credits came up it just felt so lame i'm like that was the ending because i think what i had gotten yes because because what i had gotten geared up for i think like in the ending was with him you know um sort of talking off the cops and fighting off the cops and then her yes. her jump out the window. I'm like, okay, here's the part of the movie where it's gonna feel like a movie where they're like actively trying to escape and drive away. Something maybe about the trailers. I thought this was a movie about the two of them kind of on the lam. Mm. But but conse- consequences. <laughs> yeah, there are none. Right. So even the main character, he suffers zero consequences. Yeah. If your whole movie is predicated on him waiting for a moment where he has to decide how to kill his daughter and they take that away, they took it away. Right. Well, I know. Then it's what the fuck? I thought it was building to like, okay, Arnold, you're given these three options. So that means it should naturally be is him trying to go outside of those three options and seeing how that gets put into conflict. And that's what I thought the movie was ramping up to. But it's like, no, she's just going to kill herself. Story story is choice, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're essentially watching any story. We're, we're, we're engaging in it to see what choices and, uh, like, what choice, what, what the character is faced with and what they ultimately choose to do about it. In this movie they eliminate his choice. That's horrible. Right. It felt like the full first half of the movie was like, okay, setting up and sort of having this tease of Arnold's has to deliberate all this. And what is he going to do? And how's he going to react to it? And then that just totally tapers off like halfway through, aside from the one scene yeah. where he sort of gets in a tizzy with the cops. <sighs> yeah. It was like, what did all this add up to? Nothing. Um, it's... It's pretty upsetting. I didn't understand. I mean, <laughs> can we? Can I? Tan, can I? Right turn into something that's sort of just technique filmmaking stuff. Um, visually, this desaturation thing. Wait, I do want to get to that. But okay. Can Can we keep it on these kind of like story okay, things sure. first yeah, and yeah, then yeah. move on to that? Okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, like once they so, so there's this idea in it where they let us know how horrible the quarantine like situation sure. actually is right. someone says like they tell you they're going to hold your hands in your bed as you know in your last moments but that's now not how it is we all get put in the same area humans ripping each other apart blah 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 right so i'm like okay if that's what the case is shouldn't it be easier like like it, it lessened if there was any conflict in this it lessened the conflict of like as if the cops and everyone defending the quarantine system were had some sort of in the right to be coming off of because because it just kept making me being like well why not just tell them like if this is the situation shouldn't they understand why you don't want to give your daughter up to it right and i think that they attempted that with the doctor that the doctor is the one person who like has some compassion for the reality of what's going to happen to her and he's saying fuck you know let me give you the option to 
option B. Yeah. But it goes nowhere. Right, but just like the like there's the cop who's kind of his friend, you know, and is like, "All right, this is how it is, but but you know this is just how it is and I still want to help you out." You think if you just told that character, "Hey, yeah, but this is what the quarantine is. I assume you know this. Don't you know this?" Right. Don't they all know this? So that seemed to like like undercut any semblance of this sort of oh maybe there are people who want to help out out there like it's so it, there should have been a bigger dividing line of like a more sure like hard totalitarian police force that kind of you know is more representative of how horrible the quarantine is well and they tried right they tried with the scene with the the boyfriend where the the SWAT team comes in to yeah. get him out which I just made it it felt very out of place and weird. Right, it was that, out of place. It was like, it like, was a kid too. Like, they're yeah. doing this to a kid. Yeah, so... It, it... it To me, honestly, it feels like a third draft. <laughs> I and, thought... I always think a third draft is when it kind of comes together for the first time, like a movie. This <laughs> felt like a first draft to oof. me where it's just sort of like, what is stuff that can happen sure. in this setting? And in this situation, that's what a first draft kind of sometimes is more for yeah, me, where yeah. it's almost like the sort of when I did like the intentional, you know, not great first draft where it's like, okay, I just need to, I just have these semblance of characters. I just need to throw them in the situation right. and write down what I see in order to have something to work from to then build it into a movie. Okay. This felt like that. I'll compromise. Draft. This is a second draft. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just, yeah, man. So like. Mm. For I wrote for being an interesting situation, it was completely uninteresting. Yes, unpack that, Tim. Well, there's only so many times that we can look at sort of a Terrence Malick esque like wannabe, <laughs> you know, sort of visual long shot of somebody gazing off into nowhere. Before I'm like, yeah, that's cool, kind of, and sometimes it's visually pretty to look at but it doesn't matter the visual does not matter if there's not context it's behind hollow. it it is completely hollow it's like i just don't care i can go look out a window too <laughs> right like yeah, i'll watch that yeah i just it 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 irks me to see it's it's almost um it's cliched i guess ultimately mm -hmm. like the girl looking out, you know, in the pickup truck in this this particular angled shot of her looking out the window of the pickup truck, like kind of just gazing off. It's like I've seen that shot a fucking bazillion times. I do something else, please. Anything. I, I, you know, like it was just one of those films where it it's reeks like, oh, of that's like... the shot that you put into an indie. Yeah, it, exactly. It felt like this was one of those films where you can just feel the filmmakers being like getting a sort of uh, inaccurate reassurance that they're making a movie because they've seen the things they're right. capturing before when right. that should actually be your indication that you aren't doing it right. Well, and I think there's further evidence to sort of this, this um, them not getting it right in, in, there's behavioral things, and I, it, the first time Arnold walks into the hospital and and sees her, there's this weird 
nothing reaction between the two of them. He like walks through the door. She looks up. She sees him, and they and I think she stands up, and they kind of just stand there for a beat, and then he walks over, and they slowly embrace, and then they stand hugging with no real change in sort of behavior or emotion or anything. We don't cut into either of them. We just are still on this wide shot, and it's just there for. 15 20 seconds which is kind of a long time and it's like well it doesn't feel like anything it feels like we missed the cut point like we went too far so it feels like they've they're they're trying to evoke something by extending this moment but there's nothing under the moment to begin with and there's no filmmaking like sort of technique to guide us yeah, in that moment. You just made me think it's the difference between where like as if they they present that moment in the editing so say to themselves, Oh, there's there's something here. Uh I don't know I don't know what it is, and that's but that's okay. But it's making me feel something. But it's so making, yeah, like it's like it's but, like the it's but, sort of like the yet, rule. That, that, sorry, but yeah, what I want to say, what was interesting about that is that that can also be a good thing. Like Terrence Malick is like, there is something here. It's right. good because I don't know what it is. That's right, right. So that's what I'm getting at. So I think there are two sort of versions of this. There's the version where you just are letting the camera roll and you're sort of waiting to see if something happens and comes out of it organically. And if you catch that gold, you go fuck yes, we got something. We just kind of let we just. It's like you know when you're directing a thing and you see that there's some electricity happening after the scene is done. Right? This happens a lot. A lot of the time, you hold off on saying cut because you're like, let me just let the actors be in this moment and see what happens because sometimes some weird shit happens and there's even in them waiting for you to say cut or waiting for the scene to be done or whatever that is, weird stuff happens and you go, ooh, that's there's just there's like there's like electricity in the air because some there's anticipation of a thing. And capturing that on film sometimes is really exciting. And then you've got a thing. You go, I'm going to just leave this in there because it makes everybody like the hair on your neck sort of stands up because you're like, what is going on? This feels like they were trying to manufacture that purposefully. And you can't manufacture that. It's not a thing. It's as if they were like, I think this could be this when it was happening. <laughs> and And when it wasn't. They chose to keep it in. Mm -hmm. That's weird. That doesn't work. It feels weird. It's like, well, yeah. now it's just, like you said, it's just empty. It's as if like, oh, because it looks the same, maybe we're just, you know, missing it, you know, why it's not working, you know. Instead, it just feels stilted and not compelling. All it's right. like, it's like... <laughs> It's like if they were hugging in that moment, I was actually waiting for like Abigail to like look into the camera and be like, are we, so are we cut? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, yeah. did, it just felt bad. It didn't work. Yeah. All right. So can we move on to the, the look? Yeah, let's do that. So this, this film has that stark, dreary, devoid of hope you know like sure. it, it, some shots were essentially i already said this like essentially could have been black and white yeah i actually thought to myself 
I'd rather this whole thing be black and white at this one because of the inconsistency of the desaturation. So also just to keep going down the list of like uh, the two, three, five aspect ratio, you know, the bigger Mm -hmm. widescreen bars and the camera technique that I'd sort of describe as both sort of jumps between the handheld like close ups as well as the stark um, Mm -hmm. locked off. Mm hmm like you know yeah and a lot of the close-ups have that kind of macro like almost like um what do you call that kind of a shiny glowy like floaty as far as that grittiness this it was just like that gray grittiness Mm -hmm. was like the cured again i know so i I have that as our reference point too yeah um but then you get this wonkiness when you desaturate uh outdoors and so if anybody is wearing anything green it turns into this like teal kind of un to me very unpleasant not a color in nature. Yeah. Um, a perfect example of this is in the Aviator when they're on the golf course in the Aviator, and the the reason they did, Scorsese did this is because he was trying to match the the type of film stock that a movie would have been filmed with at that specific time. So fine, he had a reason for it. It still is atrociously ugly to me and i hate looking at it i'm like the grass is literally fucking blue i love it in that movie so you like i love the aviator yeah but it just it's i want more natural um and that is it's so extreme to me that i like my brain just fucking (laughs) it's like fucking blows up but this i think this is a problem if you're going to desaturate for this bleak effect and you're not doing it enough and retaining this weird non-color, this teal color in the trees or in the grass or whatever, that's a distraction. And then when you cut from that to like, like they did this a few times, they're, they're in this desaturated outdoor shot and then they cut inside and, and Arnold's wearing sort of a yellow like checkered shirt. And that yellow is really, really bright and the browns are really, really brown it's too inconsistent to me. I think that's, that's why I say just make yeah. it all black and if you're gonna do it, just go fucking black and white. I think then it's at good you you mention the specifics of just like how colors looking a certain way make us feel. Because what I, I just kind of want to zoom back out and sort of try to approach this as when let's let, let's compare this with an example of when it is working. Like, what's the difference between something like this that's make just makes me feel depressed being there in a bad way like mm-hmm. i'm just depressed versus like i picked as a good example of this starkness was like 28 days later mm. is sort of a go-to for me as far as it has that it's utterly dreary and That's stark true. but in such a way where it's like that film puts me in the the horror of the situation mm-hmm. it puts me in the intensity of the situation and so, so now I have that as the framework, and then I think we can pick apart the reasons, you know, from there. But the first one that comes that came to mind for me, as far as trying to figure out that differentiation when it's working, when it's not, um, is that? Uh, oh God, sorry. Oh yeah, it, it was that. There's. Th- in in Maggie and the Cured, they still try to insert the sentimentality to it mm-hmm. that just does not mesh at all with the dreariness for me. It only sort of 
makes oh. it makes it so it's like if 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 the senti- like the sentimentality the kind of sentimentality they're trying to put in it like just there's no room for it or it can't exist or it's not appropriate for this kind of uh nihilism and and starkness where it was like in 28 days later you know it sort of build you have this glimmer of hope that you kind of are hoping for at the end that kind of like maybe shows up a little bit but up until then it's like you're completely underwater there's no chance yeah which is weird because that's a good thing when you're describing it it means you be like oh that sounds more depressing but it's not in the because it's working as a, effective as a film well but and here i was just depressed yeah. watching there's a, it there's a trajectory and here it felt like we know the end of this movie Right. Yeah. So if you know the end, the like this, and this is like an old rule that I learned years ago in in like scene study class. Do not play the end of the scene, right? Like the actors don't know the end of the scene. We, the audience, we might know where it might go, but if you're playing the end of the scene at the beginning of the scene, you have nowhere to fucking go. And this whole movie is playing the end of the movie. And then we get to the end and they fucking say, just kidding, we're going to do this other thing. So it's even more fucked up that we you're you're getting the worst of those two things. Right. The whole movie just feels like an extended ending to a film. Yeah. It does. So that's a huge problem. You You can't – you have nowhere to go. If you like, it's okay to have a movie that you know where the end is, because then it's not about the end. It's about the trajectory of how you deal with the impending ending that everybody knows. And you can do a lot. You can fucking you can fuck with the audience. You can fuck with the characters. You can have them, you know, they have expectations of where it's going. So fuck with their expectations. Have weird shit happen. Like have the cops fucking like. If it's an issue that the cops come in and they're like, no, actually, we're, we're the authority. We're, we have to do this. If you can't, you can't half-ass that moment, and I feel like they really did. Arnold should have fucking chopped that guy's head off with the axe. Have it go there. Wait, can you connect this to, again, why this was like the bad kind of depressing or the, the doesn't well, work be- kind of depressing? Because when you know the end, right – and you just lean in on that it's depressing, it's going nowhere. We just are sitting in this idea of we're in a depressing world and everybody's depressed and we're going to get long shots of people looking into space being depressed. Mm. Nothing is actually happening. And so for me, if you have a movie where you know the end and you know it's a depressing world and it's drab and bleak and whatever, put the characters into a position to face that yeah they're not facing it right they're just they're just there you're right it needs to be like oh that's what i thought this movie was gonna be i thought it was gonna be we've set up arnold has these three options but because he's arnold he's gonna be like fuck that i'm going to cuba with her and gonna hold out until we come up with a cure sure you know like or or (laughs) you know have have his decision to avoid putting her in quarantine have actual consequences outward. Mm-hmm. They did, the sad thing is, is they wanted you to feel like they had consequences inward, and they didn't even have that. That sucks. But they, you, you know, they missed. But have have outward consequences. The cop says it. He's like, I'm trying to protect the fucking town. If she gets out, you know. 
if she, if you let her get out, like the two right. that he killed, that's a good setup, right? So, so how is that sort of how is that sort of thing working in a twenty eight days later? Oof, that's a good question. I have to remember how that movie plays out. Um, the so uh, what's the actor's name? Gleason, Brendan Gleason. Uh, Brendan yeah. Gleason. So it sort of happens with him where he's he's the hardcore like survivalist sort of guy, right? Like he's prepared and has a warmth to him. Yeah, but he he's pretty much saying we're like we're fucked, so I'm going to do whatever I can like to not he has the daughter tempt fate, right? I'm going to protect her at all costs. They show him uh, he, he, the unintended consequence of 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 him letting his guard down. That's the moment, right? Like he, he defies his character defies his core belief by letting his guard down by being like, look, we're out on the road and it's beautiful out here. So he has a change. Like the consequences of the progression of that movie cause him to, to change who he is in a moment. And that's, that actually ends up having you know costing him everything right like he dies because he lets his guard down because he changes his core belief right if arnold's core belief is protect my family um i mean this is sort of i'm kind of not making a good analogy but the outward consequence has to exist what doesn't have to but i think it should exist in these movies right because then they have something to bounce off of. They have something to to change throughout. Like, and those changes can be the can be bad decisions. They can cost you. This movie doesn't seem to cost anybody anything. Yeah. Well, I think it. I mean, Even with the fucking wife of the two, the yeah. that she keeps captive, the husband and daughter, she keeps captive too long. They get out. Nothing bad actually ends up happening with that. Well, like I like what you said earlier about how. You explained how this movie, how Maggie, it uh, it has its ending. Yeah, how how it's depressed throughout because it's stuck in its ending. It's depressing throughout in a bad way. Well, and what's when you put it that way, as far as like it's yeah, just sort of from yeah, as you said, from the ending. Um, Twenty eight days later, and other films, they can have this dreariness that works they can have the dreariness be sort of its main color and flavor throughout because we're given some sort of sense of hope. Right. You know, or, or that there could be a hope, you know, we, we don't necessarily think we think it could go either way when Maggie, it was, I don't know if it was so much that there wasn't any sense of hope, but that there wasn't even a movie to make me like question whether there was going to be yeah, you know that question wasn't there in the first place at all. It was just like default, Jerry. Did that make any sense? It does, and and it makes me think of why we watch a movie that is about something depressing, and often a tactic that we use to to get some perspective on the mortality of of humans or or life or whatever is that you get these in the face of really dire consequence. You get these little glimmers of humanity. This movie has none of those, right? Like, just a moment of, like, let's forget about the fact that we live in this horrible 
world and you're gonna die right and you want to see them like enjoy eat, them, yeah. eating twinkies or a can of beans Some, or whatever yeah, just <laughs> something that i mean that's the stuff that we sort of you have you get kind of a perspective on and you go oh fuck and that actually is more heartbreaking because you go god damn yes there is beauty in the world even in this fucking awful Which, world so maggie's version of that was like the flower garden right and it's and it's like a it was sort of a weird side note <laughs> yeah i thought you'd think it's beautiful just like you <laughs> i can't do arnold so i'm not even gonna try do you, i don't know you, i think that's it great. i don't know what else to say it's it's it sucks because it's you know i don't know i feel like i could be i don't know i feel like my brain's broken i feel like i could sort of dive us off a cliff in a interesting way in my in a better head state but i just Maybe. don't have it in me today yeah, and I get that. I mean, you know, to me, it's sort of one one. I I hate to be like hard, like angrily hard on the director and be like, "You suck." But there's an indication of a lack of de- of attention to detail in this movie throughout this movie. A bunch of them. One example is this. You have a SWAT team going into this house to grab this kid. For what? It, take that for what it is. Whatever. There's a cop in SWAT gear with a like an M16, like a big rifle. And as they're walking up, he's holding it up, like pointing it at essentially the back of the head of the cop in front of him. That doesn't compute. Like you should know that. I, I mean, I'm like I'm not a fucking SWAT guy, but I can. I would imagine that that's probably not proper procedure to be walking up to a house with your gun up when you have one of your cop friends in front of that gun, right? You have the gun down until you get to something that you would raise the gun at. And so little details like that undercut the, you know, the attention to detail that the director, I think, should have. Like, I would be like, hey, dickhead actor put your like keep your gun down you would you would never do that and so that may be a weird example but to me it is indicative of a bigger problem of lack of thought like really really spending the time through every detail of the story to have it live in a real world yeah i think it's i guess yeah that helped me arrive at so why is this so bad is why i keep trying to answer and yeah, it's because when you have something this serious toned, you need to have like that level of detail and thinking yeah. of things out. You're right. It's essential. It's yeah. absolutely essential. Otherwise, you're undercutting yourself left and right. Yeah. And they did. Yes. And, and the ending is the biggest undercut of all. <laughs> so and that's that's what puts it on the cured level is that it's. I want to see. And just like the cured, she they cop out on her moment of like she should have fucking pulled the trigger on that on the baby right she should have pulled the trigger and the gun goes click because she used the last bullet on the zombie in the the street right yeah not doing that undercuts the whole momentum of that ending in this not getting to see arnold have to fucking decide she can kill herself that's fine but we never even got to see him have to yeah, that's why I said it felt like there was still so much more movie left. I yeah. was glad when it was over. I'm like, oh, thank God it's over. But I was also like, huh, it's over. <laughs> like, have him fucking get to the roof. I mean, this is not a good ending. But, like, 
I would have been better Wait, with this. Stop. Have him get to the roof, have her trying to jump off, have him grab her, catch her. So she's, you know, he's holding her about to fall and she's, and she tells him and to let her go. And she looks up and go. goes, yeah. just let me. <laughs> <laughs> no, she could just be like, just let me go. Yeah. Right? Like that's really on the nose, but I'd take that over what we got. Well, I, I just like the idea of then, you know, he sees her in zombie form for the first time and is like, I guess I have to let her go. <laughs> Sure. She's no longer my daughter. And then he fucking slams her skull. He lets her go. She falls 12 feet and is just like has a broken back and is like, because that's how far the fall was. And then he fucking jumps off and like body slams her. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. (laughs) Different movie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's it's, kind of tragic because I don't know if we could ever convince Arnold to be in another zombie film after this. Maybe Probably he'll be not, in Zombieland you know? 2 as a cameo. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I just want to see him <laughs> kill some more zombies bef- while we still have him yeah. before we clone him. <clears throat> um, oh, well. All right, let's go into things of note. Okay. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. Okay, we already talked about it but just to put it in this different context i you know we described the look of this film mm-hmm. down to the camera and visually blah 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 but uh and I, this is what i already said but i just thought it was interesting that this is like the pinnacle of this look for me like you know of a certain time we're able to say there is an indie film aesthetic mm-hmm. and then on top of that there is a sort of dreary as all heck no hope, you know, no optimism in it kind of look on top of that. Yeah. And I just thought it was interesting to say, okay, when we, as an example, want to know what that means or what we're talking about, this film, Maggie, the year 2015 is the pinnacle yeah. of this look. Whatever and that I, means just in our evolution of, of it, filmmaking. Yeah, you know? I, I think we're, I think we're kind of, like when we say that, it, it's an indication that we're kind of done with yeah. that trope. Right. Well, it means once. We, well, once we start to see it spoofed, is when right, we're done sure. with it. Yeah, yeah. I noticed um, when I was looking into this that this script it was written by a guy who worked for NASA, which I think is cool. <laughs> um, but that it was one of the scripts that sort of there's a thing called the blacklist, which is a it's sort of a. I don't know, for lack of a better term. Can you describe what the blacklist Well, that is? was on my other thing of note. It's like an annual... Well, well, it, it, we sort of know of it as an annual like competition almost year where it's like, oh, what were the top scripts in the blacklist? But it's sort of like an ongoing circulating list of what are all the good unproduced right. um, screenplays where yep. they sort of get upvoted almost by yeah. different assistants or people who have read them and passed them along saying yeah. what's a good script. So yeah, this film this was, was in there in the blacklist, which is so beyond me. I want to read the script. Right. I want to see what, it, if any, there, there is differences. There's, I mean, there's bound to be like yeah. any movie. Um, I wonder if it was just the idea of it because it is good on paper as far as just, Oh, let's just do a serious drama uh, that's focusing in on, exactly this aspect of the yeah. zombie film which we haven't really done well and i also imagine that that's a really stark script there's not a ton of dialogue in this movie right so w- i wonder what is sort of being said in the script to describe the tone or what's going on or what people like even what characters are thinking 
things like that. And maybe it just didn't translate per this director's vision. Is your curiosity so large, Tim, you actually want to read this script? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I can get a hold of it? Probably. Yeah, probably. But not. So this is the problem is trying to find the actual script versus the script based on the resulting movie. Yeah. You can either find it or you can't. I don't know. All right. Well, I'll look. Well, I thought that was my only other thing in things of note was that it was on the yeah, blacklist. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they got Arnold is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's. do you think that's what allowed them to then make it? I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Well, yeah, he, he produced it. <laughs> Great. So, yeah. All right. It was a $1.4 million budget. Maggie. That movie does not feel like $1.5 million. Are we done with Maggie? Can yeah. we be done with Maggie? Yeah. Is there anything you want? Okay, maybe if you say it loud enough, we'll hear you. <laughs> Is there any last thing you want us to say that you'd like to say about Maggie you'd like to hear us respond to? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, we didn't think so mm-hmm. either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah, what do you think about that, Tim? I think I fell asleep. Oh, okay. Sorry, Tim missed your question. Or comment. <laughs> so that means we're going to move on to recommendations. Oh, shit. <laughs> is, is that our intro for recommendations now? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Is it because you don't have one? No, I do, but I don't remember what the name of it is. Well, mine Fuck. Mine is uh, nothing too like on the forefront that I just saw, but it's one that, as far as films in recent years, it's... It's just a standout film for me in recent years. I know I've mentioned it to you, Tim, before. We've talked about it. But I just want to get get the word out that more people need to see Foxcatcher. Oh, yeah. Came out a few years ago now. It's Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, it's at Mark Ruffalo, and mm-hmm. it's um, the filmmaker. It's great. He did uh, he did the the Moneyball and, and Capote and um, I first saw his only other film is called The Cruise, which is just it's a documentary, a black and white documentary on this eccentric uh, tour guide in New York. Um, so I remember seeing that way before hmm. he made these other films. His name is Bennett, Bennett Miller. But uh, he's just kind of up there now after after uh, this film Foxcatcher as far as like filmmakers. I'm very, very excited for whatever film they have coming up next. I've heard this film described accurately i think as a horror film in slow motion fox catcher and yeah as i just said, i think that's it's on point it's like it if 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 maggie is representative of like a film with that feels like it should have stuff under under like going on in the undercurrent that but doesn't have anything going on on at all this is one of those films that's my favorite kind of films, Foxcatcher, where it's just so loaded. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's a lot to pick apart about. And it had just some of my favorite scenes in recent film history, too, of where it's just, like, this is loaded. There's stuff happening here. But it's, like, it's so, like, you know, it only only in film watching it play out could you ever do it. Because it's not like yeah. you can say, oh, yeah, it was the scene just where, where it was this and they were doing this because they were going through this. You know, it's no, it's, it's not as simple no, as putting it's way it. deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. which is just the best has kind. Like attention in it. The performances are just they bring it. It's... Well, and also talk about how you shoot Stark. Yeah, 
Yeah, that exactly. Is, that movie is as stark as you can get, and yet you're never feeling like Ugh. right. And also a good example of getting lost in the film, like you you sort of aren't sure when exactly, you know, how long this mm-hmm. has last been since we're cutting in. It's sort of an example too of when that can be used for a good effect, like a P.T. Yeah. Anderson movie almost. Yeah, you know? and 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 the consistency of the look of that movie is really working it's to its benefit whereas you know in maggie was the opposite the, the inconsistency is undercutting it the, the that movie is so fucking crisp and clean yeah it's so good and in fact i would off of your recommendation say definitely watch the documentary on foxcatcher i i think it's the documentary i think is called team foxcatcher um but watch the documentary after you watch the film i went through a big fox fox catcher phase you know or just like <laughs> but i don't know if i actually saw the documentary it's i just so good i just watched a bunch of old news clips and sort of read yeah. all about it and read the making of but... well then that's why i say watch the doc after you watch the the film because it it's it's that much more kind of mind-blowing what the film does yeah and how they're how beautifully they're depicting this really fucked up story cool um, so my my recommendation, my actual one, is kind of a soft recommendation. It, it, it's a fun. It, it was fun. <laughs> a, so- a soft recommendation. Uh huh. Go on. It's on Netflix. It, it sparked my curiosity. I'm not saying it's a it's a ten, but it, it's a, it's called Seven in Heaven, and it's got some fucking interesting stuff in it. And I kind of just dug the the vibe of it. And it's you know it's well done. Wait, what kind of film is it? It's a it's a it's horror. It's sort of it's teens and seven in heaven. You know, seven in heaven. It is like you go in the closet for seven minutes or something. Yeah, seven yeah. minutes and make out or whatever the fuck you do. Um, it's predicated on that, but then some supernatural stuff happens to the two who go into the closet. Oh. And there's a little. That's one way to put it. Yeah. There's. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some. You don't know if it's time travel, or you don't know if it's necessarily like interdimensional stuff, or alternate universe stuff, or whatever. But it's just an it's erection. Some cool, it's some cool ideas. Yeah. It's just an allegory for boners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I kind I kind of dug it. It falls a little bit apart at the end, but not. You know. I, for a, for a Netflix sit and just you know throw something on, I, stream I was, it. I was glad I did it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I can give Foxcatcher a ten out of ten recommendation. Oh, yeah. no. Recommendation. <laughs> By PSA, please. Uh, I watch give it. Seven in Heaven a seven. Okay, perfect. Out of seven? Uh, no, out of like sixteen. Okay. No, that's too much. Out of twelve. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Catchers 10 out of 10, and we gave today's film, Maggie, an avoid. Yeah, sorry to say. Which means you should also probably just avoided listening to this podcast, so <laughs> thanks. Uh, That's so true. Disclaimer. Because we, we encourage you to, uh, yeah, to, to watch the film with us, but oh. I guess not in these cases. We did the dirty work for one. you. Yeah, that's true. And if you're just a, a listener, then we thank you. As we as we always do, but we thank you especially now for. Um, hopefully, we just did the job for you. You can understand what it was without having to subjugate it to you, and we're keeping it less than the total running time of the film, so there you it's go. not 
technically uh, wasting as much time. <laughs> well, and yeah, maybe maybe hopefully from what we're talking about, it, you get something out of how to avoid how to do Stark well, how yeah. to do and how to do serious well. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know. It's like maybe we know what we're talking about. Now, but can we not. wash the taste out of? Maggie and figure out. <gasps> oh, can we? With, ever? with the film that we're going to watch next week and pull it from Tim's. Is uh, it my turn or your turn? It's your remember? turn. Is it really? Mm hmm. Shit balls. Because I'm pretty sure I was like, you got to sh- shake it up. Shake it up, Brian. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm hmm. I'm grabbing this one. Wait, I only want one. Okay. We are going to watch. Oh, you wanted to watch this. Ghost Stories. It's a UK film. It's a UK anthology film. That's right. Tim, this was the one I think we saw trailer for it. When At we The saw Cured. The That's Cured, right. And I'm like, I'm excited for this. This looks good. I've heard good things about it. I wanted to watch it with a friend the other night. I'm like, I think actually this is on our list. I got to wait. I'm really happy it's here. Yes. And you know, I've been on an anthology kick. So You love your anthologies. Yeah. Well, it's more like I'm I'm extinguishing them. I'm I'm, I'm re- do it's called research, which is the best kind <laughs> oh, that's when it's right. just yeah. watching horror films. Oh shit. Great. I'm cool. excited we're going to finally see it. And yeah. I think it's you know what? I'm willing to put maybe not money on it, but I'm willing to put something on it that it's going to be better than Maggie. That's a safe <laughs> safe bet. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm willing to do it. Cool, dude. Do we have anything else to say? You can find us at dismemberinghorror.com if that's not where you found us. That's true. You can find us on Instagram at dismemberinghorror. Mm-hmm. We post stuff on there and talk to people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm at Tim Aslan on, you know, on all those things, too. I am uh, Ryan McDuffie, Ryan McDuffie, M-C-D-U-F-F-I-E.com is my portfolio website. So fancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My name, there it is. All right, that's where you can find us. So yeah. until uh, next time for Ghost Stories, which will be actually episode 21. Yeah, yeah. Looking we get forward to drink. To <laughs> right. <laughs> the first year we can drink for Ghost Stories. Woo! So uh, join us then. Yeah, you? thanks for listening.